Welcome to our bowl special. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr, the BWI Daily, coming to you on Black Friday. You're out shopping for your uh, early Christmas presents, right? Well, we're going to help plan your early holiday travel plans with our bowl special. I've got the experts with me. And truly, this is one where I'm relying on Ryan Snyder and Greg Pickle because when it comes to this bowl projection stuff, not only do I not have a good grasp on where everyone else is in the college football landscape, but I don't know how any of the bowls work. So my experts are here to help me out and hopefully you as well know where Penn State is likely to go in this postseason. So Greg, Ryan, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, and, uh, and thanks for being here, Greg, happy, uh, black Friday to you. How was Thanksgiving? Everything was good. I hope everyone had lots of food, won all their NFL bets and are ready for a big day of football and a big weekend of football, a lot of exciting games. And obviously it caps it for us with Penn state, Michigan. So looking forward to it, T Frank. Good to be with you. Greg is the, uh, proud recipient of two Thanksgiving dinners yesterday. So he's, uh, on the men from, from that today, Ryan. Uh, I know you've got the Christmas tree up already. Have the kids <laughs> in the holiday season. Christmas tree's been up for a week, man. Four-year-old <laughs> and a two-year-old. That we could have put it up on Halloween and they would have been happy. So it's good. Well, that's good. So uh, Penn State is heading into a game with Michigan State. We'll get into that in Ryan Snyder's Best Bets. Greg is here to help out with that. He is contributed to our phenomenal record, I'd say, at this point. We'll get to that at the end of the show. But that game is going to inform everything we're talking about to start the show, which is Penn State's bowl projection. And what we're going to do is run down the top three possibilities that Penn State can get to, depending on if they win or lose the game upcoming this weekend. So that's going to be how we're going to go through this is the most likely to maybe an outside chance, but a still realistic possibility. Guys, is there anything else we need to do to set this up? No, let's do it. All right. So let's start with this bowl game that I think is going to be a fun one for a lot of people if Penn State can get to it, and that is the Music City Bowl. This bowl is in Nashville, of course. SEC versus Big Ten, December 30th at 2 p.m. It's not too far of a trip, and uh, the opponents that we'll get to here in a little bit might be some fun ones, especially considering what they've become over the last couple of years. So we'll start with Nashville and the Music City Bowl. Guys, what are you looking at for this particular matchup, and why is this one such the, a high priority that it's our number one bowl? Greg, we'll start with you. Well, I mean, I think that when you look at how these things shake out, that there's sort of pods in each conference, uh, you know, the third from the SEC, the fourth from the SEC, the fourth from the Big Ten, the third from the Big Ten, etc. These games that we're going to talk about all kind of take those teams in, even down to the fifth and maybe sixth, depending on how things shake out with different alliances across the sport uh, with various bowl games. So, you know, this Nashville game, the Music City Bowl, which I don't believe Penn State has ever played in, has kind of been one that Penn State has been pointed to by experts for a few weeks now as things have kind of started to shake out. So this game, if Penn State, this is one of the ones that Penn State could get into if they win and if they lose against Michigan State on Saturday. I can imagine that the Nashville people who kind of run this game would be pretty excited to welcome Penn State to town. There would obviously be the connection of James Franklin making his first trip back there uh, since leaving Vanderbilt, uh, which of course is where he came to, uh, what he was before he came to Penn Penn State, rather. And so there's definitely some intrigue there. And they would obviously see an SEC opponent, which is something that, you know, we've seen them uh, handle both during the regular season and the, uh, the bowl season as well uh, during the James Franklin era. So Music City, a bowl that Penn State has never been to, but one that I think is pretty appealing. Ryan, wouldn't you say this is a pretty appealing bowl of the ones that we're going to talk about uh, in, in terms of... I think the up-and-comingness of not only Nashville, but the opponents that they could have, which include Arkansas, Kentucky, would be a very interesting possibility if that happened. And, of course, Missouri is in there as well. Is this a bowl that you think Penn State fans would like to go to? It's Nashville. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to go to Nashville and party for a couple of days before New Year's, right? <laughs> yeah. And the other one, I mean, we'll get into it. That's an awesome party spot, too. I mean, in the in a way... If Penn State wins and things all fall perfectly, they go to the place that's the least fun, you know. So it's, in some ways, you know, if things don't go perfect uh, tomorrow, this is a, a pretty good backup plan. I don't know if you want to call it that way. But, uh, I, yeah, Penn State's never been in this game. Uh, I think it falls at a great time. You know, uh, 
day before New Year's Eve, which which I think Penn State fans will like a lot. And th- to me, it's really the opponent. Like if they got Arkansas uh, in this game, I think that'd be a lot of fun. Arkansas's yep. on the rise. Missouri, meh. I yeah. don't know if Penn State fans will be into that. I saw – Greg, correct me if I'm wrong. Is Tennessee an option for this game? I think Tennessee's been mentioned as maybe an option, or is that kind of if they fall off? I mean, I, I mean Tennessee would be a fun one. To me, if Arkansas, Tennessee – uh, for this game, I, I think Penn State fans would be interested in it. Uh, Kentucky, too. I mean, obviously, Will Levis' situation would be great. Uh, but I'm not sure if quite if Kentucky could fall to this. But Arkansas or, or Tennessee would be awesome in this game, I think. Now, a lot of this yeah, has to do because oh, sorry, T. Frank. No, I was just I was just going to say a lot of this has to do obviously with how the Big Ten and the SEC shake out, and and I wanted to go to you, Greg, with your thoughts on on that and and what Ryan just asked you. Well, it's kind of a mess because I think Tennessee is, uh, if it wasn't in Tennessee, it would be uh, a school that would you know qualify for this game. I'm not sure True. how eager they would be to, to play basically right up the road, even though it would be a super home field advantage for them. So, you know, I've seen them uh, predicted to the Gator Bowl and to uh, some other places, the, the Mayo Bowl, I think, if it still exists. So, um, the Mayo know, Bowl. Uh, the, the Mayo Bowl, buddy, I love it. Um but yeah, I, I mean, that's what's kind of messy here. I mean, if you look at some of these uh, predictions that, you know, it can be the, – the, these bowls can be kind of anywhere between the third best SEC, SEC team and the, the sixth or the seventh. And this weekend is going to shape a lot of that, and Preferred shapes a lot of it. You know, I think that the one thing people forget in this conversation is once you get outside the New Year's Six Bowls and the college football playoff, of course, and even some of the upper-tier bowls – it becomes a kind of where does your school want to go and where do the reps, uh, you know, which reps are pushing harder to get you. You know, there's a little bit more, I think, negotiation that goes on than what people realize. Or a little more politicking more in that. Pushing. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that makes this a little bit more challenging. Again, Tennessee is probably a great example of this. If the Tennessee Brass goes to, let's say they're based on the way the pecking order works, they are the most logical SEC team to go to the Music City Bowl. But they go to those organizers and they go to the SEC and say, we don't want to play here because we want to take our kids for the first time in two years to somewhere outside of Tennessee for that experience and a bowl game not in our home state. I think they're probably going to get their wish granted. And then that kind of mixes and matches everything up again. So, you know, and there's also the fact of it, too, you know, at one point, there was a lot of the, the pinstripe bowl. Let's just forget about that. That's not going to happen for Penn State. I'd be stunned. But, you know, uh-huh. one thing about that is, again, they, they were there in 2014. So it's been a while. But, yeah. you know, these bowls love getting teams that they haven't had before or in a really long time because fans might be more likely to go if it's somewhere yep. they haven't been before. So yep. I think that's something to keep in mind, too. It's a messy uh, kind of a process until you really are able to sit down on sat- on Sunday and-, and clean things up and figure out where who falls where after Saturday. What is the, Ryan, and I don't know if you know this, and this is something I'm interested in as well, like what is the bowl pecking order? Like how do the bowls themselves decide how this goes too and which ones have more clout and influence? To, to Greg's point, I would never consider the pinstripe bowl to have any sort of clout to get Penn State if they're not in a situation where they were allowed to go to the bowl game for the first time in a couple of years at midseason, like that was very much a let's get back into the game sort of bowl. Uh, the pinstripe bowl doesn't sort of have that clout, I would imagine, right? No, I mean, that's towards the bottom uh, for Big Ten teams. I mean, so <clears throat> we were talking about the SEC, right? Let's start just kind of with their affiliations. I mean, obviously, the sh- whoever wins the SEC goes to the playoff, right? That's going to happen. We know that. And there's potential for two, especially if Alabama were to upset Georgia. Uh, but the pecking order for the SEC is always the Sugar Bowl number one. And the Citrus Bowl number two, and and you know the Citrus Bowl pretty much for the most part is always Big Ten versus SEC. I believe Notre Dame uh, can get there too, depending on how things shake out. And then from there, it's kind of as Greg was explaining, a little bit of a wishwash of of who gets exactly the next best team. But uh, I would say the 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 tier one for for SEC is is the the Mayo Bowl. That's a great name. Uh, the Liberty Bowl. The, the Outback Bowl would actually probably be the, the what? That'd probably be the third one, Greg, I would say. So we, we'll say Outback Bowl, uh, Gator Bowl, and then Music City Bowl. Those are those are kind of 
all five of those are kind of in there. Um, did I say the Texas Bowl too? I think the Texas Bowl is another one that, uh, yeah, I think that's always SEC versus Big 12. Um, so that's kind of the the order, uh, the, the top tier ones, I guess you would say, for the SEC. Mm-hmm. And then for the Big 10, of course, the Rose Bowl is always the top one, right? Yep. You in, And, you know, we expect Ohio State uh, to end up in the uh, in the playoff. So, I would think maybe Michigan right now is probably on pace for uh, for for a Rose Bowl, uh, yeah. depending on maybe what happens in the Big Ten championship. And the Rose and, but, Bowl is the, not in the college football playoff transition this year, right? I know that it, it rotates between the New six. They're not in this year as far as one of the college football playoff games, correct? I don't believe so. No, I don't. I don't. Right, Greg? I don't. I don't believe they're in the rotation this year. I don't have that off the top of my head, but I don't believe okay. they are. But but I'll say this: the the Big Ten no, definitely has a firm order. Yeah, the Big mm-hmm. Ten definitely has a firm order. Rose Bowl. Number one, Citrus Bowl. Number two, Outback Bowl. Number three, and um, then it goes Las Vegas, Music City, Pinstripe. Number six, and then the uh, the Guaranteed Rate Bowl. I don't even know where that's at, but that's number seven. And then the Red Box was in there, but I think the Red Box is no longer around, right, Greg? I think that I think that bowl that got, got mixed. Yes, that's um, correct. Yeah. yeah. So, but there is a firm order for what the Big Ten wants to send its schools, and and that's kind of where Penn State's in that in that four or five range right now. And, you know, if everything were to fall perfectly, they could maybe jump up to, to number three. But again, it's Citrus Bowl two, Outback Bowl three, and uh, Las Vegas Bowl four, which Las Vegas Bowl is new kind of this year, by the way. Uh, you know, it used to always be one of the first bowl games between a Pac-12 team and a Mountain West team. Uh, but with the Raiders building a new stadium there, uh, the, the Big Ten and, and the Pac-12 kind of, you know, they have a alliance, I guess, now with that. And that's where they're going to send their fourth best team. So what, we're going to get into I, that. Sorry, I know I spoiled it. That's all right. Uh, what we have here is the Orange Bowl and the Cotton Bowl this year are the college football playoff bowls. And then the national championship is in Indianapolis. I was not expecting mm-hmm. that. All right. Well, there you mm-hmm. go. It's within driving distance if Penn State fans want to go check it out. Uh, so that gives us sets the scene for a lot of this, and I appreciate you guys uh, giving us the lay of the land, and that's the important thing because that's going to get into what the next couple bowls could be, including what you mentioned, another great party spot for Penn State football fans if they want to go to a bowl game, and one that I don't think Penn State has been to, and that would be the Las mm-hmm. Vegas Bowl. That bowl is the next one we're going to be talking about here as uh, Penn State has the opportunity to go to. This is the one that I think most experts have them as a part of. Las Vegas Bowl, Big Ten, and Pac-12, December 30th, 7.30 Pacific time. So if there's a bowl I'm rooting against, guys, it's this one. The Las Vegas Bowl uh, going live, and if I have my math right, and I'm usually terrible at time zone changes, 7.30 Pacific time is 10.30 Eastern. Are you, I know you guys, we have to stay up to watch it. Yeah, terrible. <laughs> Would you stay up to watch this if terrible. you had to? I don't want that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, how, how does this work out? To. Ryan, uh, how does how does this game work out as far as if Penn State wins or loses? This is the most logical as Penn State would, if Penn State lost the game to Michigan State, correct? That's how this one feels to me. Is that, um, I mean, I, they really feel, Music City and Las Vegas feel kind of 50-50, right? Because it's not completely in Penn State's hands. Uh-huh. Uh, depends on what happens, I think, with uh, you know Wisconsin and, and Iowa. They're, they're all kind of – I mean, this, this is hard to predict right now because it, it, there's a lot that has to play out on uh, on Saturday. So, uh, But this bowl will be awesome, right? I mean, who, who doesn't want to go out to Vegas? I mean, it's been a, not the best of seasons, I guess you would say, but uh, – I think this would be a pretty good spot for for fans to go out there for a couple of days. What what day is it? I'm sure you just pronounce it. What day is is that? The December thirtieth. December thirtieth. Yep, that's December thirtieth. Yeah. So uh, it would be. Yeah. Yeah. The night capper. You know, obviously the Music City Bowl will be on ESPN earlier in the day. So, uh, but I, it's really about the opponents here. I mean, this UCLA, one doesn't Arizona State. Yeah, this one doesn't feel as interesting to me, and it's because they're all Pac-12 teams that aren't Oregon, Utah, or. I'll say USC just because of the color of their uniforms. Not that they're good, yeah, but yeah. you know the it's kind of the mid tier of the Pac-12, which is a largely invisible group of football teams to most people on the East Coast. Uh, is that is that fair, Greg, to say? Yeah, absolutely, it is, and I think that that you know. So I uh, over the last few years of doing this, um, Penn State at times the Cheez It Bowl was one they've kind of been pointed to, the Guaranteed Cheez-It Rate Bowl was one they've kind of been pointed to. No, yeah, the Cheez It Bowl, wonderful, wonderful late night spectacle uh, that's now no longer uh, an option for Penn State. But 
Yeah, I mean, the one hesitation I've always had with Penn State going to a West Coast Bowl, and it's why I think they haven't gone to one yet, is what you guys are talking about. The TV partners, ESPN owns almost all of these uh, other yep. bowl games. And if not, they have a big hand in the uh, a big hand in the contracts uh, that go with these games, even if it's not the Las Vegas Bowl. I'm going to check here and see what TV channel that's on. But my point is that it's on ESPN. You know, ESP- yeah, so you know, ESPN, I don't think, yeah, it's an ESPN events bowl, which means they own it. So, you know, does ESPN want to rely on Penn State fans staying up till two in the morning, basically, to watch Penn State UCLA or Penn State Arizona State? We know that there's a lot of diehard fans out there, including the ones listening to this one, that will try their best. But, you know, that game, it does help, I guess, a little bit when it falls. But for some people, that next day is going to be a work day. So for ESPN, I'm not totally sure if it's uh, in their best interest to have Penn State in this game. They're going to have to have a Big Ten team anyway. But would you want to have Penn State in Nashville at 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon Eastern time and get those ratings and know that you're probably punting to some extent on the uh, Las Vegas Bowl anyway, or do you want to send Penn State out there and hope things work out? You got to keep all that in mind too. So again, that's what makes this kind of a very difficult thing to always put your finger on, even the day of Sunday, Selection Sunday, because again, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into this and you can't rule out the one that says ESPN. When you get into this tier of bowl game, ESPN almost owns all of them. Yeah. And they're going to look out for their best interest as much as anything else. And uh, considering what they paid to own these games and televise these games, they probably should get a bigger say than just about anybody. And that part, Ryan, this is the part that when it comes into the money and as Greg is pointing out, like the influences outside of the win loss and all that stuff. I have a hard time when Penn State has, I think they're part of at least one of the top viewed programs in college football this season in terms of viewers on a weekend. Penn State, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, both were massive draws on audience. I don't think you're putting Penn State against Arizona State at 1030 at night. That doesn't seem like that's a great draw for ESPN to do. How how do you yeah, view that part I to be agree. part of the conversation? I would I would agree, and that's why a lot of people are saying it would be Purdue or like what Minnesota. You know, yeah. a lot right, of people because are kind of on it anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it makes complete sense. I get it. I just, I just want to go to Vegas for a couple of days. I mean, that's, yeah, right. <laughs> if, they, if they if they have to play in Vegas, there's worse things in the world. You know, it's not like they're playing in uh, Boise, Idaho, or something. I mean. You know, it's a brand new stadium. I'm sure the yep. uh, bowl gifts that the players would get are probably pretty good considering the connections to this game. So, yeah, I mean, and, you and you know, don't underestimate from the Penn State side of this. And, again, we've said if you're jumping in mid-show, we just need to be clear that Penn State might have some say, but not a ton in this process. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, the one thing is not the worst thing in the world for recruiting. Take your brand to the West Coast and yeah. get some time mm-hmm. out on the West Coast on the news and, you know, social media media and things like that so um, that might be you know something else to keep in mind here as well so quick question Greg about that what other bowls that aren't at midnight uh, eastern time are there on the west coast outside of the Rose Bowl everyone knows the Rose Bowl we're talking about the Las Vegas Bowl what are the other places uh, and and possibilities maybe that we're not going to consider for this show but just other bowls that would be ideal on the west coast for Penn State to do exactly what you just said yeah, the Arizona Bowl's out there. That's, I think, that's usually a Mac school. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Sun Bowl's out I there. I can chime in. Yeah. Yeah. I have the list up here, Greg, if it helps you. I mean, the Wonderful. guaranteed the rate bowl, the one we're talking three. about. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's in that's uh that's in the the Diamondback Stadium, is it, Greg? Is that the one that's uh, operated by the Fiesta Bowl? You know, what I'm talking about. Remember, we were out the yes. Fiesta Bowl, yes. and this, this their commission operates this. Um, yeah. And then there's the uh, the, the Cheez It Bowl, isn't the is the Cheez It Bowl uh, or is that is the Cheez It Bowl the one? I don't. One of those two are under that umbrella. Yes. <laughs> one of those are. We're yeah. just making it up uh, as we go uh, here. I promise. Pro- pro- no, I'm sorry. I'm out. Okay. I'm out. I figured it out. The Cheese It Bowl is the one that used to be the Champ Sports Bowl, and that's in Orlando. The okay. Cheese It Cheese It used to sponsor the Guaranteed Rate Bowl, which was in Phoenix. I feel so like that's, I'm, that's why we're that's why we're mixing it up there. I, I feel like I'm watching season two of The Witcher already, or like season four Game of Thrones. I cannot keep any of this stuff straight, <laughs> and I promised myself we were not we were not going to talk about the Meineke Car Care Bowl. So if we get to that point, I'm just turning everything off. <laughs> But the uh, the holiday bowl, 
the, okay. that's another big one out in uh, out in San Diego. Yep. Um, and then, I mean, it, San Antonio doesn't really count, but San Antonio is uh, the uh, the Alamo Bowl. And I get I know it's not the West Coast, but that's another late night bowl game. I think it's yep. like a nine thirty or so uh, kickoff. So those are a couple of them. I'm sure there's a couple. I mean, there's the Hawaii Bowl, but that you know that's that's for smaller smaller teams. So those yep. those three kind of feel, um, or those four, I guess, are the ones that impact Big Ten or uh, you know some teams that are out on the East Coast. I guess. Uh, let's get to our final bowl game because I think this is the one that everyone here on the show has been telling me, don't forget about, don't rule out this one. And it's one that Penn State hasn't been to in a while. And one that I think Penn State fans are much more familiar with and comfortable with. And that would be a trip to Florida for the Outback Bowl. This bowl, SEC versus Big Ten, there is some other machinations involved. We'll get to that. This one, a January 1 game at noon. Uh, this is right in the wheelhouse of Penn State football fans. This feels like, and I think we'll get to this, Penn State has to win this upcoming weekend, and a couple things have to break their way to for them to get to the Outback Bowl, which is what I want you guys to be kind of fill us in on when it comes to that. Uh, so the Outback Bowl... You guys have both said to me, don't discount, don't count this one out. We put it last because it's the one that maybe there's more things that have to get involved. So, Ryan, give me why you shouldn't count this bowl out, first off. Because Penn State hasn't played there since 2011. So, you know, when we were talking earlier about bowl reps, you know, wanting to, wanting to mix things up. I mean, that this that that would be a, a big thing for me. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Greg, but I, I would think that the Outback Bowl – um, you know, would, would be very interested in Penn State. Uh, Iowa, I think Iowa's played here three times since the last time Penn State has played here. And I believe Wisconsin, Wisconsin's only been here once. So Wisconsin could be the team that kind of uh, trips that up, I believe. But um, yeah, to me, I mean, it, it, a lot of it has to do with an eight and four team plays in this bowl game regularly. So if they can win, get to eight and four, uh, that, that would be very appealing. Of course, a lot of it's going to depend on, okay, Ohio State gets the playoff. Uh, which means, you know, Michigan can't upset them. And then Michigan State would get a, a New Year's Six game, so they're in. And then, of course, whoever wins the West then I think would, would probably end up playing uh, in, the, in the Citrus Bowl. Uh, so just a lot has to play out still. But, yes, with a win here, the fact they haven't been there in a decade, the fact that the teams they're kind of competing against, again, Iowa and Wisconsin, yep. have played there four times over the last ten years, that's, that's where this fits for Penn State and why I think they would be appealing. Greg, so tell me if I'm wrong. Part, part of that, I want to just follow up quickly. Uh, when it comes to travel for teams, Penn State is known for having a really good traveling fan base that goes to the bowl game, especially if they're a good bowl. Do you know off the top of your head if Wisconsin and Iowa have that similar sort of, um, let's say, profile as, as a fan base? Of guys, they'll show up and they'll make it look good on TV. Because that's it's, it's not necessarily important to the bowl to make money, but it is important for ESPN to have a good environment, and Penn State typically provides that on television. Is that something uh, that you know about those other two teams that you mentioned? Okay. Yeah, oh, really? I, would I say, don't know. I don't follow. I, say, <laughs> I mean, they're Big yeah, Ten teams. Go yeah. ahead. Go ahead, Greg. Yeah, that's kind of my thought, too. They're Big Ten teams, so they usually represent pretty well. The tricky thing for Penn State when we get into the Outback Bowl talk is just that they have to beat Michigan State. Well, does that knock Michigan State out of the New Year's Six conversation then? If it does – then maybe they're outback bowl bound. If it doesn't, but Wisconsin wins uh, its final regular season game and then it puts on a good showing at uh, at against Ohio State, presumably, you know, they could be outback bowl bound. Someone has to go to the Citrus Bowl, of course. And if Penn, I guess it comes down to this: if the Big Ten doesn't get a second team into a New Year's Six bowl, this becomes a very almost impossible place for Penn State to go. Mm-hmm. If Big Ten does get a second one in then that would open the door for this potentially being the case with the win over Michigan State. But, yeah, it's interesting because we say that Penn State needs to win to have this be a possibility, but at the same time, that could knock Michigan State out of the Fiesta Bowl, which would then take you know that chance for them to go to this game out of play for the most part. So we Good shall point. see here. I mean, again, I, I think the only prediction right now is from Mike Uganen of On3 Sports. He runs a national team uh, for uh, our the network uh, at uh, at on three, and he has them. He has Penn State going to the Outback Bowl. He has Wisconsin going to the Las Vegas. Or I'm sorry, yeah, Penn State to the Outback, Michigan State to the Fiesta, Michigan to the Rose, 
And uh, and then you have – I'm sorry, so that would be three Big Ten teams. Let me uh, back up there. Three Big Ten teams. They basically need one of those uh, Big Ten teams to go to the Fiesta Bowl, and right. that opens this pathway for Penn State to go to the Outback Bowl. But, you know, again, is Michigan State as appealing, even with just three losses, if they lose to Penn State uh, for that Fiesta Bowl spot? So that's why you're seeing fewer and fewer people say that's a realistic place for Penn State to go. However, the path is certainly there. It's just a very narrow one. You mentioned what would, you can you find also, over. Hold on one second, T. Frank. Sure. Hold on one second. What? So, what happens if Wisconsin somehow upsets in the in the Big Ten championship game? Isn't that doesn't that open a path too? Don't you think, Greg? Yeah, because then you would have like, or, or whoever. Going to, yeah. Oh yeah, because it would be Ohio sorry. State to the Rose. It would be uh, Wisconsin. Or I'm sorry, Wisconsin to the Rose Bowl. Ohio State to the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, you know, and then you would it, it would go from there. So yeah, I mean, presumably it does, but all I, it's just again, I think you just need at this point you need Ohio. The best the best path would be Ohio State in the playoff, Wisconsin or I'm sorry, Michigan to the Rose Bowl, Michigan State to the Fiesta Bowl, and then you're talking Penn State, Iowa, or Wisconsin for the Outback Bowl. Penn State beat Wisconsin. They should have beat Iowa if Sean Clifford does not get hurt. Anyone who wants to argue that point, it just it's not worth the time. So, right. I mean, I think it's a it's a fairly reasonable claim to make. Now, you could also say that Wisconsin should have beat Penn State, and I think you'd have some merit there based on how that game played out. But regardless, uh, there's a reason that the other two games that we started with are the ones that we started with and right. because they're the two most likely ones at this point. Uh, so you mentioned – on three, uh, Greg has been doing this for the last month or so with having an updated bowl projection for Penn State football. If you want to check that out, bluewhiteillustrated.com. And, of course, if you want to subscribe so you get all the information, all the insider information as well. This week, huge news dropped about James Franklin's new contract and some of the promises he got from the university. We've been covering that the entire season with Nate Bauer, doing some great work on that, how it affects recruiting. Both Ryan and Greg have been doing stuff there. And it's Black Friday, so you get the Black Friday special, just $1 to sign up for on three, and you get 12 months free, not just for yourself. Sign up for, for a friend. You can get your entire family a subscription to on three, and if you have a regular-sized family, that's less than $10. So sign up, $1 special going on, bluewhiteillustrated.com. You can check it out there. Uh, we have a link to the sign up in the description of all our YouTube videos. So you don't even have to go that far. Just scroll down, click on it, $1 Black Friday special. You get 12 months of access. We'll be going into the bowl conversation next year, and you'll still be getting that for just $1. Uh, so out of these three, uh, and I, I, we have them ranked in the order of likelihood in the, in the order of what we think is going to happen, um, which one do you think will do the most good for Penn State as far as their postseason prestige, their postseason uh, recruiting and all of that stuff that kind of ties into why you want to go to these bowl games, even if you're not in the college football playoff? Ryan, do you have a preference for that view of these of these three bowls? Doesn't matter. I don't think it really matters at this point. No, yeah. I mean, you, you, you get to the get to the playoff, get to the New Year's six games. They help a little bit to teenagers aren't. I mean, I know this probably sounds weird because these guys are going to play at this level, but most of these guys aren't watching December 30th bowl games at 3 o'clock. It's just honest to God truth. So I mean, even are... some of Penn State's commits, they won't even really they, – It's just they're just teenagers, man. They have yeah. better things to do in their lives. And I know that's – and it's one thing that always kind of surprised me a little bit. And I, I, I'm sure – let me clarify. I'm sure a bunch of Penn State's commits will be watching it. But a lot of the 2023 guys who are still undecided, you know, they got Penn State in their top handful of schools they're going to go hang out with their friends on December 30th. I mean, that's just really the one thing I've learned over the years is I ask guys all the time how much they pay attention to this stuff. And it feels like 80% of the time they're like, meh, whatever. Because they're, they're not totally watching won. Ryan Snyder's best bets. They're not degenerates that are getting their insider information. They need to get that. Uh, that's for later I mean, in their shame life. Shame on them, quite frankly. Yeah, shame <laughs> on them. <laughs> do you have any thoughts on that, Greg? Do you have any uh, preference? Do you think that for Penn State, if there is a preference here? You know, no, not really. Um, okay. Obviously, everyone likes to end the season on a winning note. So you'd prefer to go to the place that gives you the best chance to do that. I think playing one of those Pac-12 teams might be that. Though UCLA would be tough. I think that would be a tough matchup for Penn State. So, uh, mm -hmm. I mean, to me, I think for – I mean, look, we're in the – you know, we're in the news business. We're in the business of the most compelling story. Obviously, Penn State and Sean Clifford facing Kentucky and Will Levis would be fascinating for yeah. a number of reasons. I would get really tired of t talking about that after a while. But, um, you know, that would be interesting. And, you know, ultimately, again, I think that – 
the biggest uh, the biggest thing you want to do to bowl is just win, you know. And you want to get extra practice for guys like Landon Tangwon and Jalen Reed and all these other guys, Jamari Boudin, that we've talked about that are going to have to be key contributors for Penn State next year. So I think that uh, you know I think that that's obviously something to watch as well. Any final thoughts on our bowl selection special? Uh, if you made me pick today, I would just I would say I'm sorry, T Frank, I cut you off. Um, okay. If you made me pick right now, it would be Nashville. If you made me make a selection right now, it would be Nashville. But uh, I might feel differently. That's how. That's my thought based on how I think this weekend's going to play out. I certainly might feel differently if uh, things don't go as planned as I'm thinking they will on Saturday. But it's not Saturday. It's Friday, so time will tell. Uh, we, we've kind of run down the, the Big Ten East and the Big Ten, the top of the Big Ten West that matters in terms of how this might shake out. I think we all kind of view that picture the same way. So, Ryan, do you have any final thoughts before we head on to the next thing? Yeah, I mean, I would – I. Greg made some good, pretty good points there. I mean, I, I kind of thought Penn State was a little bit into it more for the Outback Bowl, but I, I didn't think – I don't think there's any chance Penn State goes to the Outback Bowl with 7-5. and five. I don't ever see that happening. Yeah. And then, again, if you beat Michigan State – it knocks everybody down more. I didn't really think about that as much uh, when, you know, over the last couple of days or even prepping for this. So yeah, I don't, I don't know if the Outback Bowls is as realistic as I kind of thought it would be. So music city definitely makes the most sense for television reasons. Uh, and the fact that Penn state's never been there. So they would be a very appealing option. So Nashville, baby, get yeah. your, get your country boots on. Let's of, of these three, of these three games, I am very much personally rooting for not 1030 at night for a kick time. Even if I'm out on the West coast for, uh, for the holidays, which is the plan. I don't, I still don't like that idea. So I'm rooting for a nice yeah. regular time for us to watch and cover Penn state football. Uh, and that's, I hope, hopefully this has been helpful to fans because like I said, to start this part of the show, I don't know how most of this stuff goes, uh, how it works out. So going into the weekend, I hope this gives you a good picture of where Penn State might land and the reasons why, because usually it just shows up in my inbox that they're going to certain bowl games, and I don't really have a good perspective on that because the inner workings of it are a bit mysterious. So hopefully we've explained those and revealed some of the mysteries to you, and uh, then we'll just move on and make you some money this weekend because it's great that we have both of you here today, both of you on our final best bets of the season, for the regular season, that is. You both contributed to this overall record, which I think is phenomenal. We have our overall season record for Ryan Snyder's best bets with some pinch hitting from Greg Pickle. Our overall record this season, it's going to pop up here, 41-28, and 28, considering only a couple weekends ago we were 500 on the show. Last week, 4-1. and one. This is our full week of games. Alabama at Auburn, Oregon State at Oregon, Wisconsin at Minnesota, Oklahoma at Oklahoma State, and Penn State at Michigan is our lineup. I'll throw this graphic up a couple of times as we discuss the games, but let's get it started. I know you both contributed to this particular lineup, so the Iron Bowl, who wants to go first on the Iron Bowl? Oh, you, Greg. I mean, this is your pick, buddy. That's all me. This is is yours, Greg? Yeah, see, yeah, so the way Ryan sent those, uh, that I was a little bit confused pre-show about what he was getting, and I thought you were taking the other side. I was getting, I was really excited to argue with you about it, but, you know, Alabama <laughs> to me, guys, I like your side. For the record, I like what you have, for the record. Go on. They, they just haven't had that killer instinct, you know? I, it, they just don't put teams away, I feel like, at least recently. Um, the, the way that we kind of expect Alabama to do, I mean, you know, I look at some of these games and, you know, there for the longest time over the last few years, Alabama was a lock, especially if it was close in the second half. You could feel pretty co- – or I'm sorry, in the first half. You could feel pretty confident in the second half about putting, uh, you know, uh, a backing behind Alabama to, to kind of coast and win comfortably in the second half. Just really hasn't been that way this year. So I think it's too many points in a game like this. Auburn, you would imagine, you would assume would be fired up. You know, they, they were, they've were they been a little bit more impressive of late. I just think this is way too many points in this rivalry game and I will take as many of them as you're willing. Uh, Ryan, what, what are your thoughts on this game? You said you like his, his yeah. point here. Yeah. I feel like this spread should be 15, you know, like uh, it should be over two T two TDs, but uh, 19 is definitely too high. I mean, my only thing is just, uh, is TJ Finley ready for the big moments? He's kind of been a little shaky. He was shaky yeah. against South Carolina last weekend. But uh, if I, I, this was a game I looked at uh, very closely and I was trying to pick some of the bigger games this week. I didn't take it, uh, but I was happy to see that Greg did 
And uh, I, I mean, I, I would lean that way too. I mean, Auburn's a decent team, and and you yeah. know, I, I still expect them to be able to run the ball a, a, a decent amount. I know uh, Alabama's defense is strong, but they're not elite. So um, yeah, I just think it's too many points for this kind of rivalry game. I could see Alabama winning by two touchdowns, but covering nineteen, I'm not so sure about that. There you go. Penn State uh, beat Auburn. And we're predicting Auburn to hang with Alabama, so therefore, by the transitive pro- property, Penn State could hang with Alabama. That's what both of you are saying. Is what, that's what I'm hearing. Uh, so that game is in the books. Oregon State at Oregon is our next one. I'll throw this up again. Uh, now, Ryan, yep. this is yours, right? What are you looking at? You Correct. always are going with these West Coast games. You're 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 picking these mm-hmm. Pac-12 darlings. What do you got here in this one? There's a reason yeah, for that, yeah, so uh, I, T. Frank. There's a reason for that. He <laughs> likes to finish his work day with a little bit of action after a Penn State <laughs> Saturday. It's a nice way to unwind. That's why it's always the Pac-12. Yeah, we don't get to watch any other games, right? I mean, it's true. This, this, this is the one time I get to really watch them. So, uh, yeah, so – of course, Oregon minus seven. Uh, mm-hmm. That's pretty high, uh, in my opinion. Uh, but I'm not actually going to take the spread here. I'm going to take the over 61. And and my whole thought here is that uh, both of these defense cannot stop the run. Oregon State is 107th in the nation in stuff rate. Oregon is 74th in the nation in stuff rate. And both of these teams are just running the ball pretty well right now. The one concern I do have is that they're not tempo teams. You know, they're they're kind of in the in the latter half of tempo and if you're running the ball a lot obviously the clock gets down but the what what made me kind of uh uh take this pick i guess really in the end was just that both of these defenses are really struggling um not necessarily in the red zone but when you get into opponent territory i mean i i, I wish i had the number in front of me i think oregon state's allowing a pretty high percentage uh if you get across that 50 you're getting some sort of points out of it so i i'm gonna take the over 61 in this one um yeah, I just I, I I really was kind of looking at Oregon, so I have an Oregon future uh, for okay. that uh, over over nine. So I'm nah. behind the scenes. I'm definitely rooting. I'm definitely rooting for Oregon to win this game. It's very important for me. Uh, but I, I just man, I don't know if I could take Oregon minus seven. They haven't been great at covering at home this year. Yeah. So, uh, but I'll, I'll take over sixty one. I can see a thirty five. 31 kind of game here is there like is there some uh, is there some sort of hangover in this uh particular game after getting shellacked by utah on the road i would hope not <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot on the line here for oregon yeah. though you know seriously like i mean they still have a lot to play for here so i would hope not but um i just from a confidence standpoint they they didn't look good and uh, at no. no point were they competitive in that game and that's the second time I think this year where they've really struggled in in key situations. Uh, do you, Greg? I know this isn't your game. Do you have any thoughts on this game in particular, or Oregon in general? Not particularly. I mean, I'm really interested to see how. I'm really interested to get Ryan's perspective on Saturday as he's rooting both of these in. That's probably what I am most interested in. Oh, I'm rooting Oregon way harder than this, let's be clarified. It'll probably never make the light of day. But I do believe back when I did the uh, podcast for Ryan a few Fridays ago, I mentioned my uh, dislike of his deciding to bet totals and sides in the same game. I will now extend that to betting other sides of win totals in regular season finale so add that to the list buddy. <laughs> i did that two times dude i in real life i never do that i did it twice uh earlier this year and i was three and one in those games so thank you very much well, look at that moving Look at that. Uh, Yeah, moving on. (laughs) Next game that I think is very important when it comes to uh, the weekend and the bowl projection we just talked about. We went through Alabama and Auburn, Oregon State, Oregon, Wisconsin at Minnesota, Wisconsin, a touchdown favorite on the road. Greg, this is your game or was this one that you both picked here? Um, I don't know if Ryan, I don't think Ryan had, I'm not sure if you, Okay. I'm not sure if you had any opinion on this or not. I just think Wisconsin's playing really good. I mean, I think that somehow I would not have expected to have said this a couple of weeks ago, but they almost seem better in the run game without Ches Malusi, who is of course out for the year oh, yeah. now. So I because he's only okay. A, he was yeah, only an okay yeah, back. Yeah, you do have a wrong opinion about that. I forgot. Yes, September feels like it was ages ago, but I do <laughs> now recall your thoughts on him. Yes. Um, yeah, so I mean, uh, and I'm just not a big fan of the boat rowers ever. So yeah. you put those two things together. I just think Wisconsin is playing uh, really good football right now, and it just to me feels like the kind of game where they, you know, it might take a little bit of time to get over that seven, but I think they're going to get over it. 
I, I'm going to give just a quick analysis here because I've watched a couple Minnesota games. Um, of the Big Ten teams I've viewed this season, the only one that infuriates me more than 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 uh, Michigan's offense and their offensive philosophy, where uh, Jim Harbaugh just stuck on a classic power running game on top of a spread offense because football uh, would be PJ Flex offense. Their base offense is six offensive linemen. It is a disrespect to modern football, and it doesn't work like sure it works to beat certain teams and you can go and you can just run over um uh, maryland but then you're gonna lose like the reason i said this into some one of our uh board or message board members earlier this week is the reason that the spoiler makers are a thing is because they play an actual offense with a football thrower that consistently throws the football down the field you throw you you have tanner morgan throw the ball 13 times in a game you're asking to lose to illinois and a story. So in this particular game, Wisconsin has the better quarterback. They have a slightly updated version of a classic Big Ten offense. I'd, I'd pick them by 10 or 14 because Minnesota is stupid. They are a stupid team. That's how I feel about P.J. Flex offense. So anyone well, else have any other analysis? Has, I don't know if I'd say Wisconsin has the better quarterback in this game. I'd still kind of lean towards Tanner Morgan personally. I'm, I mean, Mertz has just lost me entirely too much money this year. But let me just say one last thing. <laughs> Braylon Allen, running back, uh, Wisconsin, hell of a player, man. Yeah. I mean, they, I, why this guy was not rushing the ball all the time earlier in the year. He's averaging 7.6 yards per carry. I like uh, Greg's play here a uh, good bit with minus seven. I would lean towards that side as well. So I'm just – Greg, you did a good job, man. I don't have anything to argue with you about. Sorry about that. Usually we'll see if you still feel that way on Sunday. Party. We'll <laughs> see. We'll see. Oh, yeah. and, and hey, by- man, we're, we're going to finish with a winning record. So I'm good. I'm happy. And and I should say you're right about Graham Mertz, but like the situation he's operating <laughs> is 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 a better system than hey it's third and eight Tanner Morgan just just do it just go get us the eight yards you know because we helped you out so much on first and second down Oklahoma State uh, Oklahoma at Oklahoma State minus four uh, for Oklahoma State at home. This uh this is a big game obviously pack to or the Big Twelve always this game is a, is a huge game to end the season. Um, Ryan, your thoughts on this game? Where yep. are you going here? All right, uh, number started at one, jumped to minus four for Oklahoma State. So that scared me away from the spread. Whenever you got a three point spread like that, it kind of scares me. Under. 50 and a half, man. I just think Caleb Williams has kind of hit his peak maybe, or he's coming back to earth, right? I mean, this he had a good couple run there, and, and now we've seen some some things that scare me off. Uh, Oklahoma State's defense is legit, guys. I mean, they 63 tackles for loss this year, leads the entire nation. Um, you know, they, uh, Oklahoma State's defense leads, leads also in the nation in sacks. Uh, third down defense, their top five in total defense, scoring defense, first down defense, and um, – Oh, by the way, they're the second best defense in the in the country in red zone defense. So uh, this this game has fallen under the last couple of years. I just you know it. By the way, uh, who's it? Saunders, uh, Oklahoma State's quarterback. I mean, he's very he's not very consistent as it is. I mean, this this feels like uh, an under to me. I, I kind of see uh, maybe twenty one seventeen, which I know sounds kind of crazy, but I really kind of feel like uh, Caleb Williams is going to struggle in this one. And that's, what was the that's line not what set we again? See from Oklahoma. What was 15 the, and a half. 15 and a half. Okay. So that's not even I, a high, that's not even a high over to hit. That's just 20, no. 28, 21 or something like that. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I just, I feel like this is going to stay substantially under. I mean, this would be my pick of the week for sure. Uh, Greg, any thoughts on this one? Uh, no, if it's his pick of the week, I'm all in. Uh, I'm not a huge <laughs> total player to begin with, uh, okay. but I do tend to lean toward the under. Uh, I have a couple of buddies who are huge under players, so I tend to lean that way as well. And yeah, if you are taking it under, I will join the train with you on that. So here, I just go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to give a recap of what we have today. Alabama at Auburn. Too many points for Alabama. Oregon State at Oregon. We don't like the Ducks at home considering how they've played so far this season. Wisconsin at Minnesota. We're all agreeing that... Uh, what, what do we do here? I, I went on a rant and I forgot what you guys said. We're, Wisconsin we're going will cover. Yes, okay. And then Oklahoma State at uh, Oklahoma at Oklahoma State. We're going with the under there because defenses are good and those offenses are overrated, at least for Oklahoma. Penn State at Michigan yeah. State. Minus one on the road for the Nittany Lions. 
coming into a game against a team with the better record at home. What are we doing here, guys? Well, how do you feel? First off, let's start with the line. Let's start with what we would play here this week, Ryan. And then we're going to get into the game because this is a fascinating situation, I think. Yeah, I think we might actually. I think I spoke too soon. We might disagree here. I like Penn State this week. This is another one where, uh, man, Michigan State can't stop. Their, their secondary is terrible. And yeah. I think it just sets up well for Penn State. I really think it's as simple as that. They got boat raced last week. What's their motivation off of that? I mean, the only thing that scares me is just there are some of Penn State's uh, players who maybe weren't sick last week going to get the flu this week. And, and you know, we're going to see uh, a couple guys out that we didn't expect. But I expect Jahan Dotson and Parker Washington to have a lot of success. I have a lot of confidence in Penn State's defense. I like Penn State pretty well here. Um, not as quite as the under and the other one, but <laughs> I, this would be my this would be my, my second favorite if I had to put Greg, it that way. What are you looking at here? Um, so what concerns me about this game for Penn State is just protection up front, and I'm just starting to wonder if maybe we're giving a little bit too much credit to what Penn State did against Rutgers and. Have we? But, you know, Michigan State has a ton of problems, too. Their top two receivers might be out. Kenneth Walker's banged up. Peyton Thorne is pedestrian. I mean, I I picked Michigan State. I, I would not put any money on it. I wouldn't put any money on this game, period, to be honest with you. But in terms of a best bet, if I had to make one, it would be the under. I know there's a lot of people who think, and this is basically just a complete contrarian play. So the question just is, how is Michigan State going to score on Penn State's defense if Walker's banged up? Yeah. You know, and if that ends up being the case, do you really think Penn State's going to score 53 points or, you know, 45 even to cover this by themselves on the road? I don't trust this team on the road yet either against a better Big Ten team. I mean, Michigan State is not as good as what their record indicates, I don't think. But I would lean towards the under in this one, and I'd feel pretty darn comfortable about it. So maybe it's just me and I have a very uh, low bar for Big Ten quarterbacks, but I want to back up to something you just said, Greg. Uh, you think Peyton Thorne is pedestrian. What have you seen from him that you're not impressed with? Do you think it's it's all the play-action game and it's all uh, read the receiver that's making him look good? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. I just, uh, yeah, I just have never been super impressed by him. I, I don't think he, uh, to me, it's, they prefer to just turn, have him do nothing more than turn around and hand it off. And that's his kind of a game makes him a very big 10 S quarterback. Yeah. And, you know, we'll see, uh, at the end of the day, uh, I, I pick, like I said, I picked Michigan state. It's more about trust issues with Penn state than it is, uh, really feeling confident about Michigan State, but I could see this one not putting up the kind of points some people think it will. Yeah, to me, uh, my quick thumbnail analysis of this, I don't trust Sean Clifford to hit big plays. And a lot of what Michigan State has given up is is a couple types of... So their secondary, outside of being banged up, they're just an average bad secondary where a lot of things are happening at the same time between coverage busts, playing really good receivers... And obviously being up in, in a bunch of games. So a lot of the yardage totals, I, I don't necessarily buy that they're that terrible. They are not good. But some of the things that have been going against them have been the big plays, throws over the middle in certain coverages where Sean Clifford has not consistently hit those throws. Or... Uh, some of the things I saw on on film is the corner in cover three, where you should never be beat deep if you're the corner on the boundary. He just gets run by. Now, Jahan Dotson can do that. But when have you seen Sean Clifford hit a go ball? So that's my concern with is Penn State going to be able to do this is my trust factor with Sean Clifford to not just operate this dink and dunk zone offense and getting down the field methodically against the underneath coverage. Uh, it, it's can they hit any big plays with him? And and he has effectively put kind of a cap of what he is on this offense. And then when Michigan State does go to a more aggressive man coverage scheme, that's when Sean Clifford typically runs. He doesn't throw into those tight windows like we saw Christian Veyu, which is why I, I agree with Penn State fans that see the upside there. But, it you know, it's the holistic part of this game of Sean Clifford's going to do better against more coverages. And then on the flip side, uh, Peyton Thorne, if you give him some of those, he will hit those throws. He has shown that he can hit those explosive receivers in space. So do you trust, uh, Ryan, do, which quarterback do you trust more in this game is my question to you. Do you trust Sean Clifford or Thorne more to make those plays, those timely throws that we've seen decide games for Penn State football this year when the defense is doing absolutely everything they can and then they give one or two big plays and that's the game? 
Peyton Thornton's been pretty good in recent weeks and not turning the ball over. I'll give him that. He only has two interceptions in the second half of the season. So, um, you know, not, I know it's not about making big plays, but he's not hurting his team too. So I'll give him that. Uh, I mean, to me, I, I just more about the defenses here. That's just how I see this. I mean, I see a good defense for Penn State, and I see a very suspect defense with Michigan State. And yeah. uh, I think Penn State has the talent to hang with Michigan State. They just got to put it all together. So to me, I, I, the, the quarterbacks are always important, yes. But I see a glaring weakness for Michigan State, and everybody else is kind of, you know, somewhat competitive, I guess you would say, or somewhat even. Uh, yeah. And just when I, I always just try and find who who's that who's that true weak spot, and and Michigan State got exposed last week. You know, Penn State's going to use that film. They were getting exposed all year. Yep. You know, they should have lost to Nebraska. There's there's other games. I mean, um, you know, they they should have lost to Michigan. You know, so just to me, this isn't a nine and three team. This is an eight and four team, which is pretty much what Penn State is. I think it should be a pick'em. Um, so uh, one thing I will say, Greg, I want to add, uh, I, I was leaning towards the under for this too. Just Penn State has just hit so many unders in recent week. I'm just, I just think we're, we're due for You're like due just for a one? change. And maybe I'm wrong with that, I, but I, that's just how I would kind of roll sometimes with, with plays. And, and a lot of times it hurts me, I think, but I just feel like sometimes when we just see so many unders, I mean, they're, they're two and nine, I think on the year of, you know, over two under nine, I just, Sometimes I just feel like whenever you just have those stack up, something's gonna, something weird is gonna happen, something's gonna change. But that's just kind of how my philosophy is with that stuff. When I see trends, I usually bet the opposite. So that's why I stayed away from the under. So that'll do it today for uh, and for the regular season for Ryan Snyder's best bets. Here is our our plays of the week. We have Alabama at Auburn, Oregon State at Oregon, Wisconsin at Minnesota, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma at Oklahoma State, and Penn State at Michigan. Guys. Happy holidays. Thanks for coming on the show today. I really appreciate you being a part of it today. Always a pleasure, T. Frank. Talk to you soon and hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving and win some money this weekend to make back those Black Friday purchases we all know are coming. There you go. <laughs> Ryan and, and Greg are getting you the savings on top of your Black Friday savings. So we'll one dollar for us. One dollar for us. That's all. That's a really great point. It's just one dollar. We're, we're making you so much money this year. So that'll do it to, for the BWI Daily Edition this week. We'll be back tomorrow with Tom Hannafin, BWI Live, 15 minutes after the, the conclusion of Penn State and Michigan State. Stay tuned for that. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. I'll talk to you then. <laughs>